our Father and our God, we are so grateful that you are here. Thank you because you love us. Thank you because you care for us. Thank you for seeing us through different aspects of our days today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies. Many went to work and never returned. Thank you that we are here to give you thanks, to give you praise, and to receive nourishment at your feet. Thank you for our families. Thank you for your eternal plans for us. We are so grateful. Father, we ask for refreshing in your presence tonight. We ask that your spirit will lead us on. We ask that you will feed us by your spirit. We ask, Lord, that when we leave here tonight, we'll be refreshed. Yes. And much more that we will know you more. Yes. And that you'll give us grace to be more obedient unto you. We are so grateful. Thank you for the blood that washes us, that cleanses us, that sanctifies us. Thank you for giving us a name that is above every other name. We are so grateful for our treasures in Christ. Blessed be your name. We ask, Lord, as we worship you, that our praise and worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, who's going to lead us in worship? Oh my God. Are you running? Oh, no, no. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay, who can give us a quick recap what we touched on last week without opening your notes? So. Command men to close your notes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're your After notes. you are opening your notes. <laughs> command men to close your notes. So, quick recap. Who can tell us what did we share last week? The importance of the word. And, um, John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 5. That we name um, whatever it is that from us. It's still on the Profiting from the Word mm. series that we're continuing from. Um, the, whatever the, the, the Word is, whatever the promise of God is for our life this year, whatever it is that we desire this year, whatever it is that we hope and plan and want this year, will only be actualized by the Word. It will only be realized by the Word. Be, even if we're going to pray and you said that... Um, in the beginning was the word, not prayer, not praise, nothing else but the word. And and everything else is built on that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Any other person to add to what Brother Gabriel has shared? Okay. Uh, yes. We looked at asking and Whatever we ask, when, whenever we pray, but it's desiring, yeah. When, when we desire something and we pray, we ask that we should believe that we have received it and shall be given to us. Okay. So who can also, um, we, you expanded, we expanded on that to uh, also bring trust in God uh, concerning his word 
upon which we ask. And also um, <clears throat> that when we pray, believing that we ask it, we have joy okay. that the answer is granted. Okay. Any other thing about asking that we looked at? It all continues from um, desiring from the word. So when you said desiring from the word, which scripture did we look at when we were talking about this asking? What was our foundation? We were doing almost like a meditation on asking, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So what was our foundation text? So that Brother Michael is not here. He will know. Mark 11.24. And what does Mark 11.24 say? Whatever you desire when you pray. Believe that you have said them. Whatever you ask when you pray. <laughs> Just look at me as if what you say is whenever. Daddy, who is funny? Yes, whatever you say. Whatever. Which one is it? Whatever, whenever. It's whatever. Whatever. Whatsoever. It depends on the. Whatsoever. No, 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 I haven't even opened it yet, but I just remembered it. Whatsoever you desire. When, when you pray, pray believe that uh, you. Some people are hoping on this. No. No. Okay. It's not. Okay. Yes. <laughs> believe. Be believe that you. That you have There's an element of ask. Receive them. There is them. Believe that you. Whatever are. things. I'm sure to open them. Whatever things. I remember that things. <laughs> okay. And then after things, everything is them mm. because of things. Okay, brother Michael, please. Help us. Yes, Mark, only Mark, Mark 11, 24. Whatsoever you desire, when, when you, pray, you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. Um, you think what? We should read it. <laughs> no, that's what, that's that's what, what it says. says. Okay. I, I think we should read it. Yeah, we should read it. Okay. Don't forget that. Wait, practices. before you read it, do you know why I do this? Yeah. Oftentimes, we write notes, mm. but the minute we leave church, we leave fellowship, we leave the seminar, we leave the conference, we never go back and look at those notes. So, my question is why write the notes? Because what you do not review, you will not remember. And what you do not remember, it is guaranteed that you cannot practice. See, when Jesus was talking about the parable of the sower, and he said the care of this world, right, comes and steals the word from your heart. And this thing about reviewing doesn't take as long as the time you spend in church, in fellowship, at the conference, at the seminar. It's just every day, five minutes, ten minutes, go over the notes. Go over the scriptures. Go over the key points. Put them, tuck them away in your heart. Try to memorize them so that you can remember them at the critical moment. 
My wife was telling me a testimony earlier on when she came back today of somebody who really upset her at work. But because in their work fellowship, they have been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And for this week, they have been looking at patience. So she's been looking at the scriptures on patience. And when this test came, because those scriptures were there in her spirit, because she remembered what she's been focusing or meditating on, she refused to give in to the flesh. See, the thing is that it's not that we don't know the word that will hold us at the time of trial or temptation. Is that the word is not in our heart. Bless you. And when the word is not in your heart, all you have is just religion. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because Jesus gives us the pattern. Every test that he faced, he said, it is written. And you remember we look at Romans 15. We said that whatsoever things were written at all times were written for our admonition, for our encouragement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. So when you write notes, please take time. If you put the effort into writing, or if you put the effort into journaling, if you're one who journals, or you keep a diary, but you never go back and read it, then what's the point? There's no way you remember. And the reason why we review is because repetition is necessary for reinforcement. Repetition is necessary for reinforcement. What you don't repeat, you cannot reinforce. I'll say that again. What you don't repeat, you cannot reinforce. That's why when you say something is a habit, is because it has become something that you do over and over again. You do it, in fact, automatically without even thinking about it. It's become habitual. But all habits begin as one event. Then that event becomes repeated and repeated and repeated. So, for example, if you are in the habit of being fearful, you first had a fearful thought. You repeat that fearful thought over and over and over again, it becomes a fearful habit. And the fearful habit that is repeated becomes a fearful mood. All the time you're fearful. And the fearful mood that is repeated constantly, you're afraid that the, um, uh, the, 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 the economy will crash, you're afraid that there will be earthquake, you're afraid that people are trying to kill you from back home, you're afraid that they will sack you. Before you know what's happening, you now have a fearful temperament. Fear becomes your lifestyle, but it starts by repeating a process. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? So, if you write notes, if you memorize a scripture, repeat it to yourself. There's no point in you memorizing scripture here now. That's a two-minute exercise. And the minute you leave here, you can't even remember the scripture anymore. Because you've not taken the pain to just take 30 seconds and repeat the scripture again to yourself. 30 seconds in one hour. If you do that eight times in a day, that scripture is sealed in your heart. 
See, any preacher or minister, they haven't got any special brain. We all have the same brain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? It is application. If you apply your brain, you can learn anything. But if you don't apply it, and the evidence of all the different professions represented here means that we have applied ourselves. The qualifications that are here means that we have applied our brain, which means that we can use it when it comes to studying God's word. Hello, I'm very passionate about this. Right? The more we put the word in there, the more what you look at, what you give yourself to, you become. If you don't look at the word, if you don't give yourself to the word, then you will not become the word. So when James is talking about the mirror of the word, the more you're looking at that mirror, the more the image will reconcile, the image of Christ will become, he says, as we behold him, we are being changed. As we behold him, we look at Jesus. The more you look at him, the more you're transformed. The more you look at the word, the more you change. The more you look at the word, the more something happens on the inside of you. And the reason why I say this is because one of the things we're going to be looking at today is that the enemy is constantly after us not profiting from the word. That is his number one agenda. If he can push you away from the word of God, that's it. You don't even have to sin after the similitude of murderers and what have you. No, he's not bothered with that. He knows you've got no strength. He knows the power of God is not in you. He knows he's got you. Hello? Right? So here is the deal. The deal is that Satan wants to stop me from getting into the word of God. The whole of hell has only one agenda. Because once it stops me from the word, I'm defeated before I even start. I'm cornered before the test comes. And if I know that, then my wisdom is in getting into the word. Amen? Amen. So now read your text. Because I'm glad you said, let us read it. So, Mark 11, 24. Mm -hmm. New King James Version. <laughs> because mommy says specifically that, but it depends on the version. Okay. New King James Version, the Bible says, Therefore, I said to you, therefore, I said to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, wait. So we said that in prayer, prayer is a place to do what? To ask. ask. Now, it's a blank check because there is no limit mm. to what you can ask. It's a blank check. Each according to his need, whatever 
things you ask. But then the more we looked at this asking, we suddenly discovered that it's not just what you ask in prayer. Because if you are asking, but you are constantly disobedient. If you are asking, but you do not love him. How do we know we love him? If my words abide in you. So if the word is not abiding in you, remember we look at John 15, right? You can ask all you like. You can ask until you are blue in the face. If there is no word abiding in you, we said there is nothing that the Spirit of God will work with. See, when the Spirit of God comes through the instrument of the word, the first thing he wants to do, he wants to quicken you. Quicken the word in you. The things that the Spirit of God will do through the instrument of the word, he will quicken the word. He will sanctify you by the word because the word is truth. That means he will bring a revelation of truth to you. And we said truth is a person. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But not only that, when you allow the Spirit to do his work, you remember we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where he says, What things knoweth the things of man except the Spirit of man that is in him? Right? Even so, the things of God met no man but the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God will reveal the deep things of God to you so that you can access the things that have been promised unto us. Those things that eyes has not seen, ears has not heard. Neither has they entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But without the Spirit and without the Word, the Spirit and the Word always work together because they are one. So if I don't do my part and put the word in here, remember in Proverbs, we said in Proverbs 2 and we looked at Proverbs 4 also, right? That we should lay up the word, my son, lay up my word in your heart. That means store it up. To store something means you keep it there. You treasure it. But if you don't put it there, you can't be looking for something where you've not put it there. Imagine if I drop my key here in the dark. And I say, well, I need light to find my key. So I now go outside where the street light is on. I say, I'm looking for my key. And then the neighbor comes. What happened? I'm looking for my key. So everybody's having me to look. So where did you drop it? Oh, I didn't drop it here. I dropped it inside the house in the dark. Isn't that insanity? But that's the way we behave. Because you've not put the word in there. You've not dropped it in the soil of your heart. Now you're looking for it outside. When circumstances come, when challenges come, when trials come. But if you've kept it in there, the entrance of thy word, give it light. It gives understanding. Now I can understand what is happening outside. As the Spirit of God quickens me and opens my understanding to see the mind of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, I can't, if, if this is the only thing we preach for the whole of this year, provided you start doing it, 
I guarantee we will see the fruits of righteousness. We will see rewards. But if we don't plant the seed of the word, remember, Peter tells us that the word is incorruptible seed. It's incorruptible seed of the word. And we said in Isaiah that every seed of the word that you plant in your heart, the rain of your seed is there. So if I don't put the word in there, if she hasn't started putting the word on patience into her spirit, you know what will happen? She will have flared up with that woman. And then they'll start exchanging words. And the demons will be laughing. And she will come home completely dejected, not recognizing that the enemy has had a field day. Hello? Read on. Therefore, I said to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray. When you pray. And we said, when you pray, mm. it's not optional. Mm. It is a question of, it is functional. Mm. Yes. When. when. It's not option, it is function. When you pray. When you pray. And I guarantee you, every day there will be needs to pray. Except you choose not to pray. Every day, because hell and the demons of Satan are never on holiday. I guarantee you, in your home, in your work, um, place of work, concerning your health, concerning your finance, concerning your children, concerning your marriage, your extended family, concerning your ministries, hell is on assignment. And the only thing that would defeat it is the sword that is in the mouth of Jesus in Revelation. And that sword of the Spirit we know is the Word of God. So if the Word of God, remember what we said, what you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. If the Word is not in your heart, there's nothing to confess with the mouth. That means you've got no sword to fight. Everyone say, I need my sword. It's up to you to use your sword, but the sword that you've not removed from his sheath, or the sword that you left at home, and you say you are going to battle, and then when you get to the battle front, the enemy brings his sword out, you are bringing your hand out to fight sword. He will chop you to pieces. So the responsibility for my sword rests with me. Everyone say, the responsibility is with me. See, if you catch what I'm really so passionate about and I'm saying to you this evening, it's not in church or in fellowship that we make a commitment to the world. It's in our day-to-day -day life. Moment by moment. It's a daily thing. Will you commit? Remember what Proverbs 8 says. It says those who seek me daily, 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 sitting at my gates. And my prayers that will so have a passion, and I said it last week and week before, that you will be saying, I learned something new today from the world.
I learned a new verse today. If it's just one verse, think about it. If it's only one verse a day, Brother Mike, one verse a day, 365 days a year, that's 365 verses. If you have 365 verses, that's 365 discharge weapons. And you meditate on it and you're fully persuaded on that, that can keep you a lifetime. Because what will happen is, when you see it work, the Bible says the word of God is like medicine. When you see the word of God working in your life because you followed divine order, guess what? You will put more in. Read on. Believe that you receive them. Okay. Believe that you receive them mm -hmm. and you will have them. And you will have them. Mm -hmm. Verse 25 says, and whenever you stand praying, mm -hmm. if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Okay, so wait. So here now, we see part of the conditions for asking. I cannot ask with unforgiveness in my heart. Hello? I cannot ask with unforgiveness in my heart. And I'm deliberately going back on this because I want you not just to just memorize scripture. I want you to understand what you're doing when we talk about the difference between memorizing and meditating. Mm. Who can tell me the difference? What's the difference between memorizing scripture and meditating on scripture? Come on, come on. We've talked about this before. Memorizing is having it, uh, being able to regurgitate it, really. You're just able to memorize this in your head and you can recite it. That's oh. memorizing, isn't it? Mm. One meditating is learning to, learning to retain the, the knowledge or the information. Thank you. It's memorizing. It's committing the information mm -hmm. to memory. To memory. Yeah. What you do with the memory information is completely different thing. Let me use a computer analogy. Your computer has what you call RAM. And there you store information in the RAM, correct? Yeah. But if you leave this thing, this thing has a RAM. But it's not on. The information is there until I switch it on and try to access it, the information is there. It's memorized it, but it's not usable. It will never be usable to a switched off computer. Your brain, your spirit man, is also like a computer, your mind and your spirit. If all you put in your brain, and I use the word brain very deliberately, is information about economics. Mm -hmm. That's all you will reproduce. If all you put in the brain is information about Liverpool, football club, yes, or Arsenal, that's all you will reproduce. Mm -hmm. 
Now imagine if life is testing your marriage and you start telling your wife about uh, Van Dyke and um, Mosala. What use is that to the argument going on in your house? Therefore, I must make sure that this computer, the RAM, is fed with the right quality and quantity of required information to give me what I need when I need it. So, that is why when you go and buy a laptop or a computer, you still have to install some software on it. They make you pay for that separately. Imagine you say, well, this Bill Gates is too greedy. Why does he have to sell office suit for 150 pounds? I'm going to have my computer, but there will be no office suit in it. No problem, but it means you can't use Word documents. It's See, I'm, 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 I know that sounds humorous, but that's exactly what we do as Christians. Right? We have what is required here. All that has been written is for our learning. But to learn it, at least we have to put it there first. Store it in our hearts. Store it in our minds. So that we can think like our Father thinks. He who says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. So if I want to know the way heaven is thinking, the way God is thinking, I need to get this, I need to learn his word first, so that I can learn how he thinks. He says, as far as the heavens is from the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So if you don't make the efforts, you can be going to church for 50 years and really don't know how God thinks. Hello. Hi. But the minute you change course, that's what repentance is. Change your way of living. Let me put it in another way. See, this text is talking about what is in the invisible realm that you want to be manifested in the, vis in, in the visible realm. Therefore, you cannot follow the protocols of the visible realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must do it the way God has ordained in his word. And it will not make any rational sense to your mind if all you do is use your natural mind. So your natural mind will tell you that I've got 24 hours in a day. Some things are more important than reading my Bible. <clears throat> so you give yourself to those things. But you cannot survive in this world with your natural mind. Or with your human mind. You need the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is an anointed mind. It's a mind that works based on the word of God. So if you don't put the word in, you don't grow. So let me, let me put it in another way. The spirit of God 
quickens us so that we begin to think the thoughts of God. It brings a revelation of the word. The Spirit of God will bring revelation of the word. How does he do that? He brings us into truth. He sanctifies us by the word which is true. The Spirit of God is the one that brings conviction. When he comes, he will bring conviction of sin. He will bring conviction of righteousness and judgment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the Spirit of God cannot convict you when you have not put the word in there. The Spirit of God cannot sanctify you. What does sanctify mean? Set apart. Another word for it, H word, is holy. Right? Holy is not that you're, you're so perfect you never sin. That's not what holiness is. It simply means you are set apart to God. You are living your life in God's way. In accordance with His will. According to His word. So if God sets you apart by His Spirit, then the Spirit of God will tell you, this is God's way to recover from this. See this, your sharp tongue? My child, I want it. You see this quick temper that you have? You say, but Lord, why do you want my tongue? My child, your tongue is a world of iniquity. That's what I said in my word in James chapter 3. Who can tame it? You can't tame your tongue. But if you give it to me, I'll give you a new tongue. In my name, they will have, they will speak with new tongues. He's not just speaking in <clears throat> tongues alone. Is that you will speak with new tongues also where it comes to speaking like God. In that same James chapter 3, he says, How can you say that you are speaking a blessing? At the same time, you are also cursing with the same tongue. Can a fountain have bitter water and sweet water? Right? And yet, your tongue has, has it. One minute you are praising the Lord. Everybody praise the Lord. Now we praise Him. Every... You're very stupid. Why do you call me like that? Where is that coming from? Same tongue. So let's walk on this, please. Right? I want to provoke you tonight. That any scripture we give here, by the time you're coming back the following week, I want that scripture, those scriptures to be so alive in your spirit. That you, I'm praying for a day when we'll come like this and we won't even be able to say anything new because you have so many testimonies or you have so many revelations that God has given you on the scriptures we share. Because God will take whatever you are learning here and he will take it to another level, another dimension, if you are hungry, he says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. But if you are not hungry, God is never going to force feed you. Because if you say you are full, then that will be wicked on his part. To give you food when you say your stomach is filled, even though it might be filled with swine's food, like the prodigal son. 
Are we getting this? Okay. Which other scripture did we look at? John 1, 1 to 5. And on asking. Oh, on yeah, asking. Sorry. I've already said one here already. If you were listening. Um, 15. John 15, 7. <laughs> it's John 15, but you didn't say the verse, but I remember it was by 7. Okay. Go to John 15, 7 and let's see. You are right, but go to it and read it out. Because it summarizes what I've said so far. A very succinct. If you abide in me. If you abide in me. Wait for everybody to get that. If you abide in me. Abide. Abide. Are we all there? Yeah. Abide. Okay. <laughs> if you abide. John 15, 7. Okay. If you abide in me. Everybody, please help me here. Abide. What does it mean? Let's have some synonyms for abide. You said leave. Yeah? Dwell. Dwell. Okay? Stay. 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 Remain. Remain. Occupy. Occupy. Okay. I will take that. Right? So now, Jesus is saying this to the disciple. And he's saying it to you and I. If you live in me. If you remain in me. Mike, if you remain in me. What is this me that Jesus is talking about? The word. He is the living word. And you will see that he tells you that as we continue. If you dwell. To dwell means you camp there permanently. This is my dwelling place. Wouldn't it be foolish for me to go and buy a tent and put it in the park and say that's where I will be sleeping when I have a permanent place of abode in 63 Wood Close? <coughs> and oftentimes, God, because you are born again, has given you a permanent place of abode, a permanent residence in Christ. But if you don't dwell there, you will dwell in the television program. Mm -hmm. You will dwell in all the things that you think makes for your lifestyle. But they are not taking you closer to the purpose of God for your life. Or to the life you are supposed to live as a child of God. And the devil is very happy for you to run about all over thinking you are doing all kind of things that has no relevance to your actual purpose in Christ. If you abide in me, and then he goes on and amplifies that, and my words, my, my words, my words, and where are the words? They're here in the scripture. Right? Yes. And he didn't say, if you abide in me, and only Proverbs abide in you. <laughs> or only Ephesians abide in you. He said, my words. It means the totality of his word. I must be hungry for the word of God. Let me put it this way. The word is to your spirit as food is to your body. Mm. The word 
is to your spirit as food is to your body. And if you don't feed your body, your body goes into a reaction. If I say now, well, my dear brothers and sisters, um, the Lord has just said that we should fast for 40 days. Starting from tomorrow morning. Amen. Right? <laughs> and then I go for it and I say, and the Lord assured me that there will be miracle signs and wonders, but this 40 day fast, there must be no food and no water. I guarantee you nobody will turn up here next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> she said it's not likely <laughs> right <laughs> why because your body will be screaming in fact before the end of the first day your body will be screaming if before you never used to notice that you are hungry until maybe about six in the evening first thing by 12 no, your body will be screaming because you know you are fasting. The same way that your body craves food, the same way that your mind craves information, your spirit needs the word of God. See, that's why Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread, physical bread, food. Man shall not live by bread alone. What Jesus really is saying is that man shall not live by just feeding his body alone. We can paraphrase that that way. He said, but by every word, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, So the question is, how many words proceeding out of the mouth of God is in you? Is abiding in you, is living in you, remains in you, dwells in you? How many? If there's going to be a change in levels, if there's going to be a change in our dimension this year, there has to be a change in the word level. Say it again. There has to be a change in the word level. You cannot continue to live on milk. Milk is for babies. It's okay if Gabriella is taking milk. But if you're having a three-course meal, of milk, 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 milk in the morning, milk in the afternoon, milk in the evening, and you are 50 years old, there's a problem. Because your body needs strong meat, it needs meat, it needs strong meat. It needs honey. Are you committed to the world changing levels in your life? Read on. That's and it says, um, Abide. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, mm -hmm. you will ask what you desire. Wait. Did you see the what I call reciprocity? Mm -hmm. 
of abiding. You abide in me. My words abide in you. So Jesus is saying, you abide inside my word. My word abides in you. You live in my word. My word lives in you. You dwell in my word. My word dwells in you. That is, there's a principle there. The degree with which you live in me is the degree with which I will live in you. The extent to which you commit to staying inside my word is my commitment also to you. So if you are a 10% committer, I will also be a 10% committer to you. If you are a 30%, I think in the parable of the word, what was the ratio given? It says 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. If you sit for exams and you get 30%, you have not passed. All the education I've done in my life, 30% has never been passed, Mark. 60%, okay. But again, that depends on performance of all the other students. If everybody gets 90% or 100%, and you have 60%, my friend, you are failed. Right? I remember if, uh, um, a brother who studied in India. You know the person I'm talking about. And he told me, he said he studied maths and statistics. He said when he was studying in the university in India, if people have 95%, they'll start crying. Some of them will go and commit suicide. Because everybody is 100%. Then he now said something that was very fascinating for me. He said it took him a long time for him to understand that most of the people he was studying with were actually using talisman to study so that they can remember. He said one of them came to me and said to him that if you join us, these demonic entities will come and they will show you everything you need to know and teach you everything you need to know so that when exams comes, you will just put it down 100%. Now, I say that to say this. That's the dark side. And the Bible says that even Satan knows the word. Only he doesn't believe. In fact, the Bible says that he can appear as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. And we know that he knows the word because it is the word that he used in the beginning against Adam and Eve. And it is also the word that he used against Jesus. When Jesus said it is written, immediately he changed levels. He said it is also written that he will give his angels charge over you. Job. So it's not sufficient to just memorize. That's where we move from when I put the information of the word into me. Now we go to the next level. What does it mean? That's where meditation comes in. What does it mean to me? To my life? See, if you don't know what the word of God means, the word of God can be trying you. 
But if you have not meditated enough on the word, because you are not remaining in the word, you will be looking at all the trials rather than looking at the security of the word. The Bible said that the word of God tried Joseph. The word of God tried David. David is anointed with oil. David has slain Goliath, has gone up with the armies of Israel, and the women were singing that he slayed ten thousands and ten thousands. Now, David is running about living in caves. 21 years, a fugitive from one cave to the other. Finally, he leaves his people. If David was in our world today, everybody would say his destiny is finished. His ministry is gone. After all, he says he's been preaching for the past 25 years in this city. And he's still having fellowship in here. Show what I can control. That is abiding in the word. He determines the time of your lifting. He determines the time of your deliverance. He determines the time of your breakthrough. It's in his hand. But can you trust him? Because he says those who put their trust in him shall never be ashamed. But if you don't have enough of the word, people will swear you. You want to go and buy a house now? Have you forgotten what happened when you bought one last time? Right? And before you know what's happening, you panic. If people don't talk, the enemy can come to you. I say, hey, listen, how much are you earning now? Okay, you know what? I, say, I agree, I think you should buy a house. But wait another three years. Put savings together. And it might be that you're reading the scripture and God quickens the scripture into your heart and says, I'm giving you houses you have not built. And then as you're meditating, Lord, what does this mean for me? And he says, I want you to go to the bank tomorrow. Because it tells you, you will hear a voice behind you in Isaiah saying, this is the way to go. Walk therein. A friend of mine who was living in, um, in a flat in Camden. I went to see them and the word was quickened so much. I said, you need to buy a house. Ah, he said, we haven't got this. We haven't got that. No, we, we don't even have an income. I don't even have an income. He said he's going to the bank. I said, okay, I'll go with you. So we went into the bank, and he's minding his business, and this gentleman came and stood beside me. He said, hello. I said, hello. He said, um, is there anything I can do for you today? I said, um, well, you can give me a mortgage. Right? And he looked at me, he laughed, and I laughed. He said, well, maybe I can help you. I'm the manager for this branch. I said, you're the man I should be talking to, but the mortgage is not for me, it's for my friend. I said, how much mortgage can you give us? Can you give us up to 70000 He said, why not? And so we walked in, sat down. Within a few minutes, he had mortgage in principle. Within a few weeks, they moved to somewhere here in Timsmith. 
not only that, before we left the place, the man said, oh, you can also apply for, they used to give them this, uh, what do they call that grant they used to give them? Forgotten them. Oh, it's a top up for those who want to leave council property. So they gave them 16,000. But if you are not abiding in the world, and you want to use the way of the world, or your experience, or your background, or your circumstances, because you will not meditate on the word of God and actually dwell and abide in the word. Finish the text and I'll stop there. Before Sister Shadi, because I can see Sister Shadi is looking with half eye on the clock now. <laughs> Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Is that John 15? Is that John? Yeah, John uh, 15 verse 7. Okay. Ask what you desire. Because mm-hmm. I continue from you will ask what you desire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it shall and it shall be done for you. So you see the condition for answer prayer, as we said last week, is what? Abiding in the world. And listen, honestly. You can't abide in the word if you treat it like malaria um, prophylaxis tablets. Sunday, Sunday, there are praying. Or Wednesday, Wednesday, medication. Right? You know there are praying. Some of you might not know it. It's a tablet you take to prevent malaria onset if you're bitten by a mosquito. Or you have to take that tablet once every Sunday. Every Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. So they call oh. it Sunday, Sunday, Dara Prayer. Right? Now think of it this way. If you have a Sunday, Sunday principle, and I said that food is to your body what the word of God is to your spirit. If you eat just only on Sundays alone, you will be slimmer than Twiggy. And if you don't know Twiggy. <laughs> right who does that nobody if you say you're eating three times a day that's 21 times in a week and we now ask you to eat only once on Sunday and miss 20 meals with the best will in the world you will not survive but that's the way we treat our spirits. Mm. Can we make a change? Mm. See, you don't treat your body that way. Not even for food, not even for clothes. Imagine if you exercise only once in three months. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have all these biceps? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And then you say, I want to be Mr. Universe. And you go to gym once in three months. So I've done my share. It's not going to happen. But we also have spiritual muscles to develop. Mm. We have faith muscles to develop. Mm. We have hope muscles to develop. We have love muscles to develop. Mm. She's developing patience muscle. Because they're doing the fruit of the spirit right now. We have joy muscles to develop. Mm. She's telling me a story earlier on of someone who you all, you've read the stories in the public domain, so I'm sure I can share it. Can I share it? Yeah, it's in the public domain. Who lost her husband and two children? 
and a delegation went to meet her at the airport here. You know the story. It was on the news. Right? The husband was a redeemed pastor. And the delegation that went to meet this dearly loved, beloved sister, they were so confused. They didn't know how they were going to respond to her, what they were going to say to her. And they went down, really downcast, quite morose. They were just wondering, what are you going to say? You've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to say. I've got no wisdom to give anyone who's lost their child, not to talk of who's lost their child or their husband. I haven't been there. And this woman came out smiling. She said, why is your eye so, why, why are you so downcast? It's good, um, it's, what did she say again? It's good. It's going to be with our father, daddy in heaven. Yeah. They're going to be with daddy in heaven. We shall see again. And well, it's, it's um, good by not good night. Good night. Mm. It's like, see you again. Right? Bye, see you again. And she was lifting them. Mm. They were meant to lift her, but there was joy in her. And the brother who was sharing this now said, I, want, I asked myself, do I have that kind of joy inside me now? Do you have the joy that can sustain you in the day of adversity? Because he says the joy of the Lord. See, when you meditate on scripture, that's when this thing goes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It doesn't say the joy of the Lord makes me happy. He says it's my strength. What do you need strength for? You need strength. When things aren't going too well, when you are weak, you need strength. He says, if your strength is weak in the day of adversity, are you hearing what I'm saying? Please, let's make a commitment. So I'm sure you all wrote those scriptures down. I think there were about 14 scriptures that I gave you last year. Want me to go over them again? Yes, please. All right. We started with Mark eleven twenty four. Is everyone writing? Yes, sir. Luke eleven nine. John fifteen seven. John sixteen twenty four. I'm I'm lost. Sorry, I'll go back again. <laughs> I can send it to you. Oh, okay, good. That's fine. Thank you. you John sure? 16, yeah. Yeah. John 16, 24. Hebrews 13, 6. James 5, 16. 1 John 3, 22. 1 John 3, verse 22. Psalm 28, 7. Psalm 40, 17. Psalm ninety-one fifteen. Psalm forty. Sorry, Isaiah forty-one ten. Isaiah forty-three one to two. Isaiah sixty-five twenty-four. And Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen. Natural fact, I would prefer you to go back and read Jeremiah 29 from 11 to 13. Jeremiah <coughs> No, no. Jeremiah 29. Yes. 11 to 13. So here is what I want us to do. I don't want you to memorize the whole 14 scripture. 
So here's what we are going to do. We are going to divvy up those 14 scriptures into two, two each. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of us. So, starting from... Let me start from Brother Michael. Out of those 14, you have two scriptures to memorize and share with us. So, you memorize and you meditate. We spend at least the first half hour. We might spend the whole session just going through what everybody has learned from this exercise. Yours is Mark 11.24. Mark 11.24. And Luke 11.9. Brother Gabriel. Yours is Isaiah 43.1-2. And... Isaiah 65, 24. Sister Bridget, I'll give you John 15, 7. And John 16, 24. So that they are next to each other. Auntie Shade, yours is Hebrews 13, 6. And James 5, 16. Uncle D, yours is 1 John 3, 22, and Psalm 40, 17. 40, 17. Mrs. M, Isaiah 41, 10. <clears throat> Isaiah 41, 10, and Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. And I get what? 11 to 13. It's too much. So I get Psalm 28, 7. And I believe, is it Psalm 91, 15? 91, 16. No, no, 15. 15. Okay. okay? Are we good to do that? Yeah. And this is what I want you to also do. Find time during the week. Call me or call anybody in this group and share whatever revelations you're getting from this scripture. Encourage me with something or encourage somebody here with what you have learned from that scripture or what the Spirit of God has expounded your understanding on from the scripture that you are memorizing and focusing on. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the way you've led us tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you for healing and deliverances taking place right now. Even as your word has gone forth, we give you praise. I pray for every need that is represented here. Whatever the needs of your people are, financial needs, emotional needs, Father, I ask that you will supply richly and meet them beyond their points of needs in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I thank you because you will bless them, you will increase them. 
as we meditate on the word, you will bless our heart and you will enlarge our understanding. And we vow to give you the praise and the glory. Help us to be obedient to the things that you will speak to us during this week. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.